0: okay good, evening, good afternoon good morning um to our listeners um a good friend um julia is um rang us up past six on her road into um, the studios here, so the freeway was um, had an accident <clears throat> at exit um, five, and so we just um, we waited an extra five minutes before we started. So um, she'll slip into the studios, and um, she'll um, get into it with some Sarah. Sarah, um, as probably could, and you can see, is um, sitting there with a beautiful backdrop there, very similar to our rainforest backdrop, and. Um, it's it's a really fantastic um, experience to have you here. Uh, the numbers queen is what um, Julia said that you're capable of, but she also said to lead up and give us the actual the dream. In fact, um, you've had a very serious business career professionally, and then you moved across into um, numerology and the numbers and how they represent personally to people. Is that what? Julia give me the right um, the right story there?
1: Julia's telling the truth. Well, firstly, thank you so much. I'm Sarah from SarayUp.com and Facebook, The Numbers Queen. Really happy to be here. Thank you, Jeff and Julia in spirit who's coming soon. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I had a professional life. Um, I really only stepped full time into this line of work about nine years ago, pretty much to this month. And in numerology, it's nine-year cycle. So it feels like, you know, this is a very powerful thing to be reviewing right now. Um, yeah, I, my background is science. I work for the government, I uh, worked for the United Nations, NGOs, all the major charities in Australia. So I really had no concept of going into something like palm reading and numerology in my wildest dreams. Uh, and so they say be careful what you judge. And I used to be a little biased against spiritual people and here I am doing it. <laughs> which
0: is a bit of a divine comedy, really. Hey, science, um, obviously, that represents um, not only numbers, but also being left-brained, uh, Mr Spock-type mentality of um, checking all your digits and making sure they all add up from a scientific perspective of um, all the balances in it, checks and balances. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. okay, is that the big jump? I mean, it doesn't sound like a big jump to go from that type of left brain to a collective left and right brain
1: um, well, what it's a big jump when your family is against it you've never believed in it you've been christian uh you've got no training no contacts you moved to a new city you were re- recovering from the tsunami yeah I, maybe i left out a few bits
0: no, I I some had
1: had some no no sorry yeah. what was that
0: you're talking about the big tsunami they went through actually province and through the bottom of india and sri lanka and and thailand yeah. is it? the tsunami yeah, you're talking about
1: 2004 i had a near-death experience in 2004 on boxing day
0: wow so, good for you. you you're living to tell the story aren't you?
1: well just only barely um i was supposed to get fitted for a black suit at the exact time the tsunami hit so if i had been five minutes earlier i would have been wearing a suit that you would wear to a funeral it's really quite unbelievable you know when you look back
0: at it right so uh, okay so let's get straight to the taste here and um, get straight into being the number screen okay so take us on the journey and did it come from a dream or an inspirational conversation with someone or-
1: I guess I've always believed in the um, the power of numbers. Obviously, I'm from a Chinese background and we take education very seriously and I'm very academic. I went to the top school in New South Wales at the time um, and it was always about grades and scores and competition. Um, really, the numerology only started around my life past turning point of about 29. So I'm a 29 life path, and that was that's the age a lot of us wake up. And I just it's bought a very... Opinion.
0: The set and return, Sorry. you're talking about.
1: Yes, that's right. There were a lot of things happening around then, and I picked up a small book on numerology by another author in Brisbane called Max Copper, and it was three dollars ninety five. And I remember reading it, and then applying it straight away to about fifty people I knew, doing all their charts that night, and then realizing that a lot of the people I knew had palindrome um, dates of birth, and there was a major pattern with my exes, and it was actually very shocking. <laughs> It was quite humbling and shocking, and then I just did a lot more study after that. I'd already been doing palm reading, um, but numerology is that next level of understanding and responsibility.
0: Okay. Now, I understand that tonight you were going to come in the studio, but you got the children and and you sort of stopped back and had to become a mother. So there's a lot of balance there between motherhood and... um, and currently what you're doing professionally.
1: Yeah. And I think it's definitely made me a better reader because I have compassion now and I have patience and I have a much better sense of humor. And I have, um, I have just a broader worldview. Before I had a lot of time to myself and to do my own thing and meditate seven hours a day and fiddle fuddle around and now I have to be able to switch on and off instantly. So it's a little bit like being someone who can only meditate on a mountaintop and suddenly having to meditate in the middle of a shopping center. You learn to become faster and better at the skills.
0: So your seven hour meditations, was that sleep state at night or? Uh, Oh yeah, I
1: sleep like nine or 10 hours a night. I did that right through the pregnancy of my first child. And it's been a very rude awakening to only have one 10 hour sleep maybe a year since then (laughs) so um, I never thought I could have children because I'm noise sensitive I'm everything sensitive and I like sleeping I didn't think children would be attracted to me um but we've got very special children and I've um overcome a lot of my fears and blocks in that area
0: good on you well um just have a good cheerio there to um there's a few people that you friends have come through there there's um loretta there and carla and um who else we've got there just, they all seem to say well carla in particular says don't town tam- downplay your um, your life experiences there
1: oh what a beautiful person
0: yeah, i'm always
1: very i'm always very touched by the people i've met in this calling because um i just never expected to be doing it so everything is like a bonus like every time someone writes to me, I just feel like so lucky because I feel like I've I've just come from nowhere. You know, my whole background was geared towards money and business and science, and I feel like maybe that is the reason that the work chose me because um, I don't have any expectations.
0: Would that be more of an, an Asian culture um, focus? Well,
1: um, there's refugees in my family, and we moved here during White Australia policy before I was born. So I suppose it's a sub-sector of Asian culture where my parents had to fight for everything. And so the only thing they could give me um, was that determination to succeed and to prove myself. and, um, And like I said, that focus on education and that the answer was always there if you looked for it. So there wasn't any spoon feeding with my family. They knew that if I didn't succeed academically, I would really struggle in this lifetime. So at the time, I was quite resentful. I didn't really have any hobbies or that many friends, to be honest. But it's given me a lot of early maturity, and I know what it is to sacrifice.
0: So we've had a constant wave of immigration. We've seen that with the Italians and the Greeks and uh, the Dutch and uh, Northern Europeans who've showed an industrious attitude to get into a new culture like Australia and most of them took manual jobs in order to put their children through education. So as as early settlers have set the set the train in motion, everything.
1: Well I, I firstly want to acknowledge the indigenous people who were here long before us. But um yes, you're right, there have been many many ways and uh, yeah my dad definitely started from scratch with just a few dollars in his pocket and a transistor radio when he moved here and he's still got a strong chinese accent he um, he really did struggle but he was very good at his job as a broadcast engineer and he ended up working a lot at the tv stations in new south wales and it's interesting because my dad is in broadcasting and so is my husband i don't know how that's happened (laughs) because chris is probably one of the only Uh, straight broadcasting TV people in Brisbane and somehow we met on television when I did my first palmistry show.
0: Oh okay rightio we're leading into some really interesting conversations there aren't we?
1: Uh, Yeah our life is is quite unusual (laughs) our entire first encounter is actually filmed and on my website from the first moment we met in this relationship and we're now married with two kids. Oh yeah
0: oh really fantastic okay so um just a moment, there. Just move that out there so you get there So um, my uh, cohort has just walked into the studio. Uh-huh. So uh, let's yeah, bring her in. Let's bring her in. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Hi. Hello, hi, Julia. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Hi. Sarah.
1: Hey, hi. Great to see okay. You.
0: So Sarah, can you hear her because of um that early? Yeah. It's that... all gone. It's all gone. It's all
1: perfect hey.
0: now. Okay. So I'll just um. Stay online while we carried on the conversation because we had this experience. Um, when I took myself off, maybe you could hear on the um Facebook site rather than everybody oh, listening are, on the radio.
1: You were the vocal hey. cop,
0: yeah, 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 good. Hey, um, you found a good one here,
2: Sarah. Oh, yeah, Sarah. you got Sarah, Sarah, you got right it. pretty remarkable because she's um, struggles both the, the real world and the uh etheric world.
0: Okay, so um, let's get into the numerology and um, start with numbers. I suppose you're dealing with zero to nine, aren't you?
1: Well, it depends on which system you use. I'm using what's called the Pythagorean system, although it hasn't been proved Pythagoras used this exact system. It could be a little bit of marketing, um, which is uh, the numbers one to nine having a meaning. And then there's what's called master numbers, but I prefer to call them double numbers because of that sense of slavery. So 11, 22, 33, and I also include 44. So there's basically 13 life paths, which is, um, comes from the, the sum of your date of birth. And in the system I use, it's the sum of the date of birth left to right. So very simple arithmetic that can be done in a few seconds, and it reveals what chakras someone is healing um, in themselves and others. It reveals their pivotal ages of change and breakthrough, um, what kinds of things would benefit them, what environments would suit them. And it's it's just very loving when you start seeing the patterns in your family and your friends, you really take things with a grain of salt. Um, You stop taking things so personal and you start having a lot of reverence for the choice we make to come to Earth. It's not an accident that we're here in our date of birth and our parents are also not an accident. They're a very conscious choice, but that doesn't excuse bad behaviour. I say it's like a family restaurant. At the time, you chose what was open and had good reviews, but the chef may have changed. And if you get food poisoning, don't keep eating there, hoping it'll you know stop. You have to. Sometimes you have to protest by walking out. <laughs> so, how
2: did so, you discover this system, Sarah?
1: Yeah. Well, um, like I said, I was um, reading a book by Max Copper, but then I also read a book by Dan Millman, *The Life You're Born to Live*. And I have interviewed him, and that's on my website at Zariup.com. And to be totally honest, I just practiced a lot because I'm one of those people. And I would say I've now done numerology charts for three or 4,000 people, probably more, because in my spare time, I just do it for fun. I've just taken my first week off in years, and I still found myself doing it on the backs of everything that was near me. Um. So a lot of it is self-taught and um, because of my science background, after every reading, firstly, I prepare before the reading. I'll go through the chart and tune in. Then during the reading, I'm getting feedback and recording it. And then after that, I do a review of what was accurate and what wasn't. So there's a really strong feedback loop, which is not always present in this new age side of things. And perhaps it's the reason I'm still in the industry after a fairly long time, like several, several years.
2: Yeah, you and I met uh, when we were doing the New Children's Festival in, back in yes. 2012. And um, at that time, you were introduced to me as a palmist. And mm. um, I remember Kate, Karen, and myself were organising it. And we kept on getting feedback. Oh, everybody's got to go and see Sarah. She's really, really, really good. And you were starting that at that time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually remember the people I read for. And so there's this kind of running joke in my family that I'm a little I'm a little ditzy. Like I forget to eat or I get locked in the toilet or I leave the toast in. Um, but I can remember hands and I can remember life paths. So pretty much almost everyone I meet, I can remember their life paths. I can often remember their personal year and what forecast, what's their forecast for the day. <laughs> but um, I think I can do that because I have like a channel, almost like a cloud server upstairs, and I just draw it down as needed. And I've learned not to do it all the time, but just to do it when I'm actually in uh, a session. Otherwise, it's very exhausting and also sets up unrealistic expectations of myself and other people who do this work.
2: And do you think that you basically came to us to do this? This this was your chosen path?
1: Uh, It's a good good
2: question Julia.
1: Um, (laughs) Nobody's asked it quite so directly. (laughs) I got some goosebumps that must be yes. Um, I did a past life regression some time ago with Karen Joy on the Sunshine Coast and I've actually never shared this but During that past life regression, they told me about being a starseed and where I came from. Um, I think they said Arcturus, and at the time I was like, what the hell? Um, (laughs) I looked it up, and they're really into numerology, apparently. And, yeah, they were very clear that I had been sent here to bring it back into fashion, make it sexy again. (laughs) Which is kind of hysterically funny, if you know me and how dorky I am. (laughs) Um, But I can make people fall in love with numbers. So... I guess that's my special superpower and I can help a lot of, especially women and children who feel that they're not good at maths because so often it's not that you're not good at maths, but what's being taught is not mathematics and it's being drained of its life force, but also it's taught by people who may just be teaching for money or coming from a place where they're not seeing you as an equal. So once you start teaching numerology with the chakras involved and getting people involved in like what happened at that age and they start telling their life stories, of people become big fans. Some people for their religious views and because of fear of persecution may not go further, but I know a lot of them secretly Google me at night because I can sometimes (laughs) feel it when I'm sleeping and I'm like ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Uh, One of the um, occupational perks slash hazards.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. All those people connecting into you, yeah.
1: Well, it's more what? the website. The website's got a mind of its own. I'm like, it'll just be a small blog and then like four hundred and thirteen posts later. <laughs> it's like, feed me more."
0: Hey, um, I've got to tell you a really funny story that happened about an hour ago. My um, housemate <clears throat> Mawana said, "Have you got a lady called Sarah Yip on tonight?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." She said, "I met her. I said, "You're joking? Where'd you meet her?" had a funeral over at Mount Cotton and we just finished the funeral, we are walking out and this vivacious lady comes talking and how you going all this stuff and we ended up talking for an hour, she said fantastic, she's just full of bubbly personality, it'd be really great to listen to her and she said oh by the way here's my name <laughs> and here's my birth date <laughs> yeah yeah that's
1: that's kind of the story of my life my husband is so patient because um and this sounds ridiculous. I can't believe I'm even saying this, but one of the reasons I moved from Brisbane to the Gold Coast, I actually get recognised less. I mean, I found it hard to say that, honestly, if you know how shy I actually am. But I would just continuously run into people who knew the number queen. I would go to the office works at 8.55 at night covered in baby vomit and be like, no one will see me because they're closing in three minutes. I get out of my car. This is a true story. I get out of my car covered in baby vomit in my dressing gown. And a woman goes, oh, my God, it's the number queen.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's happened to me at workshops when I've been covered in snot after, like, re- you know, releasing repressed emotions from twenty five years. they're Like, it's you. It's happened to me at the toilet in the Gold Coast, like in the last week or so. <laughs> um, so the Gold Coast, I've got a little bit of um energy, but yeah, Brisbane, I've been there for so long, and I suppose there's not many people doing this type of work with eleven eleven uh, that it kind of it just took off, and I think. I just needed a little bit of balance so the Gold Coast I can kind of go to the beach and, you know, there's a lot of people here who are about a 500 million times more famous. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like I'm happy to do Moana's numbers. i I sort of part of the job now, to be totally honest.
0: Is it? If I send you a private chat? Yeah, yeah, if I can you...
1: have it once you send it in the
2: chat. No worries. And are you finding that being at the Gold Coast is better balance for you and the family and the kids?
1: I have never regretted it, even though it took 24 days, 14 people and all of our savings. And I knew because I've wanted to live here since 2012 when I lived here part-time. Then I met Chris in Brisbane. I'm like, you've got to be joking. I've just finally realised I want to live down here. Um, But, yeah, I had work to do in Brisbane. There's a lot of people in Brisbane who are very spiritual but afraid. I've done a lot of work with people who believe they are past life witches or they have throat chakra stuff or there's been abuse and bullying. And there's, there's a lot of need in Brisbane. In the Gold Coast there is need, but I have to admit that every second person I meet is a psychic here, so I'm quite glad I have a robust business with plenty of clients online uh, from America and Brisbane. Otherwise, I think I might struggle in Gold Coast. I probably wouldn't get a lot of walk-ins, walk-in, walk-in clients.
0: Okay. Are we going to do my numbers? Mate, you you just earned me a whole lot of brandy points here. Yeah? You realise that?
1: Is that a yes? Am I doing her numbers? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Okay.
1: Let's see.
0: So she'll replay this about fifty bloody times. I can tell you that, and she'll take it around and show people.
1: All right, so, well, firstly, I love the name Moana. I actually wrote an article about Moana and how she she really um, stands up to her, that line of patriarchy and tradition, which is kind of um, not serving the community anymore, although it did serve it previously. So I do love that name and that movie a lot. So Moana is a 42 slash six. That comes from adding up her date of birth left to right. So you get 42, four plus two is six. We all know 42 is the secret to the universe. So Moana has officially just been (laughs) elevated. How good is that? So 42 being her turning point, we know that that was the year. Oh, but then I have to give away her age. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm allowed to do that. Well, Moana can have a think back (laughs) to what's happened when she was 42, possibly also at six. So what does it mean? So those numbers correspond to chakras. Obviously, there's a lot more to it. But when you're just teaching numerology to begin with, you know, keep it simple and work with the systems people are familiar with from Reiki, yoga, et cetera. Don't overcomplicate because it just puts people up here and then they never try it again. So um, the four is the heart chakra. The two is the sacral chakra. So a lot of emotional healing, a lot here about um, self-forgiveness, tribal forgiveness, um, transforming any sort of suffering or um, polarization, especially in the family, even things like gender injustice, into the six. So what's the six, the third eye? So Moana's almost always with the sixes. They're profoundly psychic. In fact, my interview yesterday with my friend Vicky um, would be a good watch for Moana because she's a six. Um, They're here to unblock their third eye. So often they believe in other people more than themselves, especially when it comes to um, ideas of spirituality, uh, but they're learning that they have that power too. It can take them a whole lifetime to really believe that they are visionaries, although other people can often see it earlier. Um, Moana's got a 19th birthday, which some people call a karmic number. I'm starting to revise my interpretation of karmic numbers because if you read the books, they're quite negative, and I feel like that type of thinking is not useful anymore. People don't need fear-based philosophies. Um, but, yeah, I call it sort of like a, an extra project. So 19 is often someone who frequently rises to the top and then for whatever reason has to start again from one to nine and then, you know, resetting. So Moana's obviously got a lot of leadership potential because in the chart in numerology, um, six sits right at the top. Uh, What else can I see? Moana's got triple nines in her date of birth. Nine looks like a person with a big head. (laughs) So she may physically, no, just kidding. Uh, So it's often a lot about ambition the nine is often the mark of the old soul haven't done Moana's full name at this point but the old soul someone who's been to earth lots of times people tend to believe in them and um, come to them for help like a big brother or big sister the triple nines in Moana's uh, date of birth would be quite similar to a lot of the the people born in the 1990s so they would be in their 20s, 20s to 30s now so Moana might have a really good grasp of what they worry about especially with like eco anxiety where the world is going because nines think about the future and they think about legacy uh what else could i talk about as you can see i can just go on and on most of my sessions with clients are like minimum an hour and i talk this fast <laughs> so i say it's a little bit like taking a japanese bullet train um, <laughs> it's not because <like, laughs> my prices are a little higher because i do so much work before so much work after and so much work during. Um, what do you touch? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, but not really, because when you break it down, it's probably a couple of hundred an hour. But the level of um, checking I do, I check everything two or three times. I only read for a few people a week. Um, I guess when you take that into account, it's very gourmet, or as Kath and Kim might say, gourmet. <laughs> I think it's them. Is it them? I don't know. It's like there's people who say target or target.
0: Hey, you got um, some yeah. there, right? Eh? You should be doing stand-up.
1: Oh, I do do stand-up actually. Good pickup. Good pickup, Jeff. Nice intuition. Very good. Yeah. I've done one stand-up. I've got an interview coming out with SBS soon, potentially, about it. It's it's interesting. They interviewed me about doing stand-up comedy as an Asian Australian. And I said to them, like, I've done one set. But because they said, Well, have you seen anyone else doing it? I'm like, Not really. In the whole of Australia, I know just a few. So, me even doing one set is some kind of historic landmark. <laughs> and okay, I thought, Well, the
0: boy, uh, in Hangover, in, uh, the doctor, he's actually a doctor. He does stand up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's pretty funny. I've looked up a lot of the Asian comics now. Um, I'm taller than all of them. So, obviously. Sure, are you. Are you? Yeah. So, I'm, much, I'm 5'11. If well, I yeah. I can be five, ten and a half if I'm slouching. So I'm in the top 1% of Asian female height wise, females height wise, which meant when I lived in Thailand, everyone thought I was a drag queen. Um, which sometimes- <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you get propositioned?
1: Uh, strange things happened all the time. That's just me. Um, but I went to, uh, shall I say this on air? I'll, I'll just tell you. I was there in Thailand working for the UN, and it was a long time. Like I was on a year assignment, and you get bored and you hear all these stories. So I thought, oh, I should visit one of those ping pong clubs. <laughs> I mean, I, I held off for a long time because I didn't want to um, support exploitation. And then, you know, after a long time, I was like, I need to at least have an idea of what's going on in this, what's going on. So I went there and <laughs> Um, A woman sitting next to me fell in love with me and she asked my friend who was a guy if she could kiss me and he said yes, so (laughs) I'm like, excuse me, I'm not like property. (laughs) So it was very funny how there's this kind of old fashioned energy even amongst that kind of like sexploitation. It's quite a different culture. Um, The one thing, I mean, there's many things I love about Thailand. Even though I almost died there, I feel like I also came to life there spiritually. I really love being able to walk down the street. Nobody asked me if I had a visa. And nobody said things like, where are you really from? And um, I have forgotten how much of my time is actually spent up with inquiries like that even in Australia. And I know a lot of people can relate, and it's not even the worst of the stuff, but it's it's like you can never quite relax. And, um, yeah, in Thailand I I really fit in apart from being, well, looking a little bit gender fluid. Uh, and I had some really fun times. Like for example, sometimes I would sit next to Australians, and I sat next to those Australians where um, their brother had actually gone to my primary school. And I went, "Oh my god, you went to Beecroft!" I, I was gonna say, "Oh my god, you went to Beecroft," but what I did instead is I pretended I didn't speak English, because that's what I do when I'm I just can't be bothered. <laughs> and then at the very end of the ride, I'm like, "Hey mate, I know Beecroft!" Wow! <laughs> 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 With the identity at times, and I try to make the most of looking kind of like a Chinese alien
2: <laughs> <laughs> from like, Look at my hands, look at this hand, I got like oh, alien. <laughs> oh, I don't know, that. That look
1: strange anyway.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, your children are obviously you're going to be playing basketball in the NBA. Um,
1: Well, it depends on whether their dad wins because he's a soccer fan, but I played soccer too. Look, our kids will be into martial arts because my husband's into Aikido. He's a black belt at his life path turning point. So he's a 2810 and at his life path uh, turning point of 28, he got his black belt. So um, we'll make sure our kids can look after themselves because I can tell you if they go to school and people find out both their parents are psychics, uh, they're going to need to know how to um, hold their ground.
0: I gotcha. So, um, doing that um, little reading there with um, Moana, you've picked up um, some of your friends who are asking you to uh, have another look at some dates here. There's a Catherine that you must know. Firstly, oh, oh, You can I just
1: pop through the name and I might recognise it. Yeah, there's quite a few. But, um, there's
0: three there, isn't it? Francis, yeah, um, <clears throat> Casey, Koisy. One of
1: the things I warn my students about when they learn palmistry and numerology is prepare to be mobbed. It's got nothing to do with being egotistic, but this information has been so um, so contaminated. Like so much of what you read on the internet or what people are doing is not its not real. It's, it's fake, fake palmistry, fake numerology, that when you actually use it, um, something responds in people's souls. And so wherever I go, I always have like this massive queue afterwards and so I always have to allow like hours of question time. Um, and like that happens to most people who do this work. It's not just me, but it also suggests there's a great need for more people to teach it. Um, I, I love teaching it, but I understand now why people don't do it so much, because it's much harder than doing a reading. You know, a reading, you can just walk away, but teaching, you've got that. I think there's a level of um, connection, you know, that you sort of started their journey. So yeah feel free to shoot through date of birth or whatever i'm pretty open with this interview okay there's there's quite a
2: few and i think jeff will do that um just quickly going back to um i think you were going to talk about um money and um how an anagram for
1: well yeah this is the first time i've sort of done too much talking on it i'd love to move into this area more i think i was I tend to be overcautious. Like I did two thousand readings before I called myself a psychic. Um, I'm hmm. not someone to jump into things. Hmm. Well, I I just feel so strongly about not wasting people's time. I worked in the nonprofit sector. I've seen I've seen you know even if people are reading your articles, that's time. And so I really do ponder over everything. Probably too much. That's why my husband's good. He just jumps in. Um, but yeah, so with money, I a lot of the ways that I help people to um, recover from brainwashing. That's one of my specialities is when people are too afraid to think for themselves or they they find that they often believe other people um, can be psychic, but not them. I really often help them to just level up and go back, kind of like reset that. Because if I can do it, anyone can do it, seriously. If you had any idea what I was like before. Um, So yeah, money is an anagram of the two words, my and one. And it really comes from a place of dividing. And so at a certain level of consciousness, it's it's true. Money is true. Money exists. And at another level of consciousness, you could say, like, here's one of my rocks that I paint. How could anyone own this rock? How could this be my one? Like, when I'm gone, this rock will still be here. <laughs> so there's kind of these levels we're mastering, I think, in a human body. And this idea of my one and your one and negotiating, competing for that. That's the language of money, which I've been well-versed in because my background is fundraising. One of the most unpopular jobs on the planet. Fine fundraising. Call someone up and within half a minute ask them for their credit card. Feel free to try it sometime. The burnout rate is, like, unbelievable. How many people would start and, like, wouldn't even get to lunch? Um, So I used to help write the scripts for that and, um, like, keep people's spirits up. So I did some of the calls, but a lot of the time my job was actually to keep people there. So I would get the charities in um, and just help people stay motivated and inspire them. Um, And fundraising is all about money. So I've had a lot of exposure to it and to the good it can do. Um, It really changes you when you start talking openly about money. It's a lot like sex education or psychic education it's one of those topics that everyone thinks about but no one wants to admit they think about and when you have sorry are you there
2: sorry yeah tell us some about some of the good things that um you saw it do when you were doing the fundraising
1: well obviously all the charities that were able to continue their work but the biggest transformation i saw was in the people who asked for the money because if you are willing to ask people for money You can start a business and the business can live beyond five years. Like, my business is still going strong. Many small businesses fold in the first one to two years because people can't ask for the sale. Um, It teaches you how to promote yourself, your causes. It teaches you how to advocate, how to connect with people, how to read people. Like, the skill set is phenomenal. Um, I think the reason it's unpopular is you get a lot of rejection. But I can only say that... Um, you might as well get all that rejection in one go and build up a bit of an immunity to it and then get on with your important journey in life Then spend your whole life being afraid of someone telling you you're a loser. I, I feel like it, it can just, you can do a lot of personal transformation in one go. Um, yeah, I,
2: think, I think there are quite a lot of um, subconscious hang-ups that we have about money, you know, I mean, certainly even in both in Buddhism and in Hinduism and in... Um, in Christianity, there's often that, you know, blessed are the poor <laughs> because they're going to go to heaven. <laughs> well, for the rich, it's harder than a camel going through the needle of an eye. And I think that's the kind of idea we get about it before you actually start graduating from secondary school and starting start thinking about money. So I think that's all in the background sort of about it. it, it maybe nice. not being a good idea to be associated well, with it.
1: it. Yeah, look, it has to be said that the education we receive as plebs and muggles is not the education that the rich pass on to their own children. I've worked with a lot of the super rich. They will generally never admit they work with psychics and yet every single one I've met either does psychic work themselves or is using a numerologist, has a business consultant. Um, I was astonished because I, you might see from my side, I've worked, I've um, profiled a lot of famous people but there's so many more than that who have called me up and things like that. Um, you don't get to the top and stay at the top using common sense. No way. Uh, there's just no way you could cope with the pressure and make those split decisions that will get you to number one. Um, people at the top of the music industry, film, um, sports, like I've worked with Olympians, um, business people, especially entrepreneurs, um, they need that fine, finely tuned inner voice because it can be the difference between, yeah, making the deal and breaking the deal. So I think what's frustrated me about that situation is realising that these people are using the information and then publicly mocking it in some cases. And then all I could think of is that it preserves the status quo. It preserves the status quo because if you have magic and you're coming from a place that there's not enough, of course you're not going to share it. And so there's a lot of this energy of psychics should work for free or psychics are crazy, and it's probably spread by the same people who have their psychics on call in some cases. Uh, I'm sure a lot of politicians are using psychics, if not their uh, ministerial advisors. And, um, yeah, I struggle a little bit with that. My husband's a bit more kind of you have to live with it. This is earth. (laughs) I tend to get angry easily. (laughs) Yeah, and man. so that's why I'm so passionate about my mission, which is actually sharing the information with the with people and especially parents and especially people with businesses and where there's a lot on the line. Their whole livelihood is on the line when you're a small business and to help them make better decisions that are going to get them into their life purpose and keep them on their life purpose.
2: Because sometimes it's also a matter of being aligned with what's happening not in, in your own life or in your own project but also just happening what's happening on the greater scale you know being in harmony with sort of the universal alignments and you know there are just some times when it's not a good idea to start a new project or to go out when things are really choppy outside so I guess by working with someone like you that's their way that is a way that we can actually uh, double check it's like you wouldn't set out sail for a long trip on a yacht without checking the weather conditions right?
1: Well, unless you were Moana in the movie, but that was Disney, and we all know in real life she would get into a. Yeah, but he
0: doesn't come with Dwayne Johnson. I can tell you, he never turns up at our place.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, there's a little bit of fairy tale there. Um, I'll tell it's you. A great
0: story, but not it? it's a great story oh, when oh, yeah, you talk about um, the goddess energy.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and how I've it comes back a... and reclaims it.
1: I've got a real yes, yes, yes. I do really like that the energy of that movie. Um, I have a, a true story. So because my background is environmental science, so studying weather patterns climate change, um, soils, everything, everything that you see around you, population movements. Um, I said to someone at the gym, I was a numerologist and she was Asian and older. So obviously in her consciousness, she would have never met a, an Asian numerologist. In fact, if you Google Chinese psychic, I just did it last night. <laughs> I don't know, maybe they're all in China, but there's not a lot of us because our culture is very like, it's a, just a different, where the kids are meant to be is like doctors and lawyers. Anyway, so I told her I'm a neurologist, and she goes, oh, you're a meteorologist. What do you think about climate change? <laughs> and I had a giggle because I'm like, actually, I can talk at length on that topic. <laughs> so off we go. Um, I I studied the planetary processes and I challenge anyone to do that for For years and years and work in the field and not believe that life is a miracle whether you think it's being created by god or what a mistake or whatever because just the design and the patterns and the symmetry and the it's just impossible that we're random if you really truly study things there is always this beauty and there is always this purpose that comes through just look at a flower you know so many people start their meditation practice with a flower and to really imagine you are the flower and just how does the flower know to grow like that there's just got to be more yeah so talking
2: about miracles let's um you know and you know the alignments because i know the the dates on which we are born as as and that's what you use to work
1: out people's life path uh, yes, there is a lot more numerology than life paths, I should mention. It's really only the introductory number, so we need to be careful of people going like, oh, I'm Aquarius, so blah, blah, blah. You know, it's only part of the thing. It's a starting point. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was leading up to basically kids,
2: kids choosing to come into this earth at this time, and, you know, you've got two beautiful boys, and um, each of us brings a special gift And uh, obviously you are working with quite a lot of mums and children having to yourself. Are you seeing any sort of trends in the the kids that have been born over the last 10 years that haven't been here before?
1: Yeah. um, Yes, I've been doing a lot of research on this today, probably tuning into this radio show. And even um, my last client was a client who's fallen pregnant in the last six months since I talked to her, which was quite awesome. And her baby totally jumped in there spiritually obviously um i guess the main thing i want to just um bring across is that all souls are really powerful all souls are really powerful but there's certain jobs that are available at a time on a planet and so i believe that the souls who are choosing to come here are braver than they've ever been because they don't get a childhood there is no real privacy I'm seeing photos of the birth going online. I'm not, I'm not against this, but I'm just saying there isn't that um, shelter that perhaps like I had where I didn't even have the internet till 15. So it's just all in when you come yeah. here. So the soul's coming. I feel... A lot of them are a little bit like twister chasers. You know, there's people who go in America and take video of twisters and they're like, wow, something's going down on earth and I need to be there. (laughs) You know, people who live on volcanoes going, oh, the soil's so good, occasionally it blows up, but that just makes it interesting. So they're these kind of um, dramatic little souls. And, like, there's no question the proliferation of, like, YouTube stars and, like, child bloggers and child authors um, because they – they're excited. They're excited to be here. The numerology is completely different. A lot of them, their life purpose numbers can be a pure number, like a pure six, for example, born second of the second, two, 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 six. Whereas at 29, you know, I had until 29 to really um, get to my kind of maximum velocity, find a lot of what I wanted to do in life and then keep going. Um, A lot of their children coming through They know what they want and they're still in primary school. So the biggest challenge I'm seeing is the parents, perhaps even the school systems going, that's not possible. A child can't do that. Uh, And so I feel like where that could be painful for the children is that they may think there's something wrong with them, that their intuition is not correct. Um, They could get quite frustrated, which could manifest as maybe some sort of physical ailments or um, you know, I guess I'd use the example of Greta Thunberg, her date of birth. She's a climate change activist. Her date of birth uh, makes her a pure nine. So at nine, she knew pretty much where she wanted to focus. Maybe not all of it, but most of it. At eight, she learned about climate change. By nine, she was ready to be an activist. Her parents, you know, for whatever reason, they're 32.5, both of them. And they found a lot of their perhaps their confidence more in their 30s. For whatever reason. Um, You know she she didn't seem to express that that passion i i believe she actually had to do a lot of convincing of her parents um and then she only i think started protesting when she was in her teens and a lot of that came because she went on a hunger strike so i guess what i'm saying is is it going to take these children going on a hunger strike or falling sick or you know what's it going to take for us to pay attention so i i want to just be clear i'm not blaming her parents i you know, they did the best with what they knew. Not everyone does numerology. <laughs> um, but I just wonder if we could um, pay a little more attention to those new new, new people coming through uh, because I feel like they um, they come pre-baked. You just have to warm them up. You know, you don't have to prepare them from scratch. They, they have an enormous um, run-up where they've been observing us. For example, my son, Forrest, he was ready to be born probably at least uh, 10, 15 years ago, and I still remember just before we fell pregnant, he appeared on the bed as a spirit, which I didn't even know was possible. And he sat there and he was like, hurry up, hurry up. I've been waiting (laughs) And we felt pregnant like that, which was a miracle, really, when you consider I had an eating disorder and everything. But if you meet Forrest, which he may burst in at any moment, so you might, he's exactly the same. He's like, "Mom, you you waited too long, my toast is cold. (laughs) I'm going to be oh, late, Mum. Well, they're all waiting for me. My teachers are waiting for me, Mum. Hurry up! <laughs> well, I guess it's a bit
2: of that ten minutes to twelve kind of phenomenon, isn't it? But, um, well, the we'll say, it's limit. a volcano and it's exciting, but you know, there's yeah. it's a very crucial time, and everybody's actions and decisions and um, energy counts at this point in time, doesn't it? It's like we've got a game on, but but the stakes have been doubled tripled
1: well i work with people who see 11 and 11 repeating numbers which i can tell you has exploded since i started my blogging in 2011 2012 in fact it's almost a bit um, boring now <laughs> um, but i'm working with a lot of the people who've seen it for several years and have uh, changed careers and met their twin flames and had these conscious children and started um, unusual businesses so i'm working a bit further along now but 11, 11 is the 11th hour And so I have to be careful how I phrase this because one of the reasons I left the environmental movement is burnout. I was tired of talking about all the famines and all the the tuna and the whales and I was so burnt out. I just, I couldn't tell one more person to pick up their cigarette butt. I was so burnt out and then I was just astonished in the last year or two when this eco-anxiety came up, like children worried about climate change and, I thought back to my teenagehood, like, that was me. And I started running workshops on that topic recently of how do you, how do you basically make the connection between that spiritual awakening and what's happening to the planet? Because sometimes we use meditation, yoga, whatever, just to, like, zen out, and we actually become less grounded and less mindful of what needs to be done. So I feel like I'm going to work more at that interface now of almost like spiritual sustainability like spiritual practices that don't require you to give up all your possessions or follow like a guru you know to like the thousand percent where you have to you know walk a certain way or wear your hair parted on the right or things like that
0: i think every decade has brought through uh, humanity changes i mean the 60s you know was the free freedom of free love and the protestant movement of vietnam war and and then in the 70s we had pet rocks i was going to bring that subject up There was a huge big craze you had to go and have a pet rock and you had a collection of pet rocks at the time. Yeah. so that's
1: actually in numerology and i'm just trying to remember which book it was because i would prefer to credit the author but i may have to put it in later there was a book that brought that up and i've mentioned it on my website in my article about psychic kids so numbers have a meaning Um, For example, um, five looks like a propeller or a person running. It's about the throat chakra. It's about rebellion. The 1950s is when everything started to really shift after the wars. Um, 1966, the third eye, people started to question um, what was accepted and even things like um, women's bodies and how we treat them. And um, the 1970s, the crown chakra people taking back their power, a deep interest in an enlightenment and even things like learning about mysticism. The pet rock scene goes with the crystal craze. Um, obviously rocks, a lot of rocks are crystals. So having a pet rock was maybe a safe way of actually having crystal power around you. Uh, or maybe a commercialization of that whole it, feels. it did become
0: commercial. It was like after that was cabbage patch dolls, wasn't it?
1: Cabbage patch dolls. <laughs> so, well, wow. yeah, I've got agree with some of these things. I, I feel like a lot of the people who invent these products are actually very spiritual people. And they're, um, for example, Care Bears. My husband's Care Bears still sleep with my sons, and Care Bears have a really nice energy, <laughs> and I feel like they may even be uh, exist on another planet. Uh, but sorry, oh, I was okay.
2: to... they, I'll, I'll add that in. I do because, like, my daughters see um, when she sees spirits, they they basically are like bears. They don't um, they don't look what, scary. They're just when I did
1: my first past life regression, I um, saw my my higher self, and it was like this big care bear. And I was like, yes, I knew that was it. I'm so happy.
0: Oh, yeah, a lot um, of people tell me they get chased by a bear, flying bear.
2: Chased by a flying bear. In
0: their dreams, yeah.
2: In the dreams. Yeah, yeah. A, oh, not, not a bear always. with wings pardon me a bear with wings
0: well they
1: don't right
0: it doesn't have wings It just they... it's just flying yeah yeah
1: <laughs> this was your dream
0: no 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 I've just had other people over the years have told me about animals that have been uh, they see in their dreams but I, I remember these people telling me that they have dreams of bears um, flying through the air and they turn around and they panic panicking because they're chasing them you know yeah
1: I, I do, do like it, talk. I do think... Sorry,
2: keep going, Julia. It's good that we talk because I mean it goes back to you know whether it's safe or not safe or not safe. I remember working with someone on a regression, and she remembers being three years old and going out to waking up in the night and going to the bathroom, and there was this uh, wolf in the hallway, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, a part of her knew part of her knew that she should be scared, and a part of her wasn't scared. So there was already at three. There's this knowledge. Of what's normal and what's not normal and if it doesn't fit into normal there's already this conflict of conflict internal conflict about how to deal with the situation i guess oh Natasha's just saying her little boy has dreams about reindeers Natasha Nanda
1: oh yeah i love uh, Natasha she's uh, written a book about 11 we got a funny story i wrote the contents page of an Eleven Eleven 11 book and then put it to one side and then uh, Natasha wrote the book. <laughs> she's a nine. She's a little more efficient than me. Um, and I, I, I was so astonished when I found this book. I was like, "Oh, they must have like they must have sent it to a few of us, right?" And uh, I actually interviewed her, and I was like, "Man, that was awesome!" Like she's the right person. You know, you went to the right person. Um, but yeah, her her um, child is is super super on look during the pregnancy. My son was uh, letting me know about our past lives, what I could eat, what I should be doing, uh, when I needed to withdraw from work and go to telecounseling. Um, the only time my son stopped talking, because I called him Forest FM, because he talked all the time, even at night, in the womb, like telepathically so you can't turn it off easily. Um, the only time he stopped talking was for the, like, several hours when we were in labour, <laughs> It's obviously, he was concentrating, or he didn't want to distract me in case something went wrong. And as soon so as
2: he the first came thing out, you said it when he came out, yeah, what's the, what's the first oh, thing? No,
1: Straight away, as soon as he came out, he was back on Forest FM. Was on on, and uh, I had this lovely vision of like he would come out, and we would say Om, um, and I would say Welcome back, and he destroyed that. So within the first second of him coming out, he shed his meconium over my whole body, which normally takes three days. So basically, he pooped all over me. And so everyone's taking photos. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Don't capture the moment.
0: You've been mocked.
1: Uh And so he came here to get crap done quickly. And he's <laughs> a very efficient child. And can I tell you, the nurse said she'd never seen a baby lose all the meconium like that. I think within the first few hours, by the time we left the hospital, he's done. And uh, he's that kind of kid, and he has um, helped me a lot. The, the nines, as children, often come to mothers where there's been a lot of trauma, or they're going to be the oldest, and they need to kind of up with me manage. Up <laughs> <laughs> really manage. Like that. So, what, Forrest, what job
2: Forrest, did your husband get?
1: <laughs> Baby proof the house. He would go through the house because I always had this fear that Forrest would get hurt or die. That's why I didn't want to have kids. But very early on, I realized that Forrest was here for a long time. So, things like I would leave a gate open and he would crawl over and he would look at me and he would telepath who left the gate open. Someone could fall down and he would close. <laughs> Um, and he would find like needles, pins, power outlets and he would just sit there quietly even as just like a tiny baby and he would just yeah. wait for me to find him and I'd be like, oh, mom fail so we'd be a lot
2: him. of mom fail moments, I promise you that
0: <laughs> I'm sure the lady who's listening would be visualising what they have when their would took place Hey, um, I see in the background you got that positive reinforcement of a forest again and then Forest well, FM is right there all the time
1: Yeah, it's an interesting um, story. So I believe the child will let you know their name. Uh, I actually didn't finalise either of my children's names till they were a few weeks old because I believe so strongly that we should try to complement the chart, although not everyone needs to do that. So Forrest said very early on his name was Forrest, and I didn't know whether he wanted one R or two R's, but he told both of us. Both Chris and I kept thinking of this name. So he said, just give us a sign, and then within about three days, Firstly, after that conversation, we turned on the TV and the very first thing that happened was the titles to Forrest Gump, the movie. That was the first thing. And then Chris met someone called Forrest with a double R and then I got an email from Forrest with a double R. So we knew straight away his name was Forrest with a double R and nobody's ever forgotten his name, which is also a sign it's the right name for the child. And when I did the numerology, it perfectly matched his life path, so much so that I argued with him because I found the only other people with that vibration name was the Queen and, like, Al Capone. And I said, I don't want you to be gangster," And he's like, I am gangster. I am, like, Baby G. Baby (laughs) G. I had those competitions while I was breastfeeding him. He'd be like, this is my name. I'd be like, no, I'm not doing it. You can't make me. Uh, That's
2: an idea, actually, Sarah. So. Because, you know, in Asia it's really important what name you choose for the child and um, often they delegate that to the grandparents and a lot of thought gets Mm -hmm. put into that. But maybe you could do a service where people could check the names with you for the numerology.
1: This is going to sound um, weird, but to, to be honest, I have so much trust in the process. This has been happening for, remember there's been 108 billion people born You know, for so very long, the babies have known how to communicate the names. I I work with some people, but most of the time, um, I guess the parents I'm working with are pretty tuned in. And sometimes we do check it, but I try to make the bulk of my work about strengthening people rather than ad hoc stuff. And maybe it's because I'm lazy or because I'm so busy. There's obviously loads of people who are happy to do that. It's just I I feel it's such a big decision that unless I'm really working deeply with a client, I won't just give a glib answer like, oh, let me do that in five minutes. You know, it's like I was saying to this um, client today who's pregnant, you know, name is like a tattoo. Like even if you want to change it, like it's like a lot of effort. So it's worth considering, but just remember the baby will work with you and they will let you know a lot of the time. So I hope that kind of made sense. I feel like I just went on a really big rant. (laughs) <laughs> that's okay you've got enough on your plate <laughs> any,
0: any female listening to the show would fully understand where you're coming from there's no question about it
2: thank yeah.
0: you jeff oh if you I- not have much with it i mean you know it's part and parcel of you isn't it? yeah,
1: yeah look, um i do palmistry so you can see the children's lines in your hand and i i've always loved that because when i discovered palmistry and I've always wanted children since I was six and I saw I had these really strong children in my hand I just knew that that the kids had bookmarked me and um, it gave me hope because at the time I was quite sick and I you know I'd had a breakup and a lot of sad things happen but I I always knew I had a soulmate who liked pizza and tv which is Chris even when I was a little girl like 10 or 11 I used to look up at the sky and think about my husband one day and sitting on the couch and arguing over what flavor pizza to get and I always knew I would have these children who would totally boss me around. <laughs> it's been quite gratifying to have that happen and to be totally honest, the whole point of my business was just, I just wanted to get better and live, to live longer. And it, along the way, a lot of people have benefited from me sharing, which I'm grateful for, but it's not the reason I started the business. Look, the you business-
0: got 5.11, I mean, you got you got some hard on this fellow of yours, Forrest. And- <laughs>
1: I've got some hype on my husband, actually. If you watch the video of us meeting, I'm wearing high heels <laughs> and he comes up about here. And I, uh, when I met him, I had actually written a wish list of I wanted to meet my husband. I'd had some bad relationships before, well, difficult relationships before that. And I was sick of it. I'd gone celibate, written a wish list. I was like, this is when I want to meet him, blah, blah, blah. And within three days of that date, he turned up. But I was in my own world and I didn't realise it was Chris mainly because, yeah, he was short and I hadn't. In my wish list, I said he needs to be the same height. We found out later Chris had um, hunchback syndrome. Um, So, you know, it makes him look shorter. So that was one of the funny jokes that the universe played on me. (laughs) I probably also should have put that we had compatible music tastes because my favorite music is like chanting and his favorite is heavy metal.
0: Oh, right.
1: Which uh, means that we sometimes have to play loud music at opposite ends of the houses, which can work too
0: out of compromise is that in your chart as well is it
1: uh well 11 which is my life path is about extremes and it's also about equals so i always knew that my partner and i would um be strong characters and i've always looked forward to that because um like they say with great power comes great responsibility and when i realized i had this I guess I I guess you could say gift or passion for numerology and palmistry. I became aware of how many people with it can become narcissistic, egotistic, megalomaniacs, not all of them, but it certainly happens uh, because people are giving you this feedback like, wow, and you're amazing I can't believe this. And you can you need you can get a bit bloated. You need to have people who keep you real. And my partner does that because he's been in television. Um, Nothing really phases him like he's met Doctor Who right so i'm not going to
0: but all 10 of them
1: uh he's met the one he really liked uh I forget if it, it I was or but anyway so like i said i could never sort of um outscore him <laughs> and so yeah chris helped me to keep it real and I, I think i've helped him because he was in tv before and now he's um we've trained i've uh, sort of trained up together over the last three years and now he does tarot and reiki and those kinds of things and He comes from a family where his dad's a plumber. So, you know, he maybe he needed to see me doing it. He used to sit next to me doing a reading and he'd be like, You make more in one reading than I make in like 10 or 12 hours lugging equipment around in the rain filming. And I'd be like, It's not as easy as you think. Of course (laughs) not. What you see is the end result. You don't see like the 24 7 preparation. Uh, But that said, he's doing really, really well. He's. He's much faster than me. It took me so long before I would, you know, start charging and things. But, yeah, he's had a bit of a head start, so maybe that's why I've helped him. And, of course, we've had children, so I always um, bring that up in all of our fights. Look at, they, look at these kids that I pumped out. How could you be angry at me? I'm amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he's sleeping with you, so there's an energetic exchange. Uh,
1: well, we believe we're twin flames. Well, I believe we're twin flames. <laughs> Chris is like, Whatever. <laughs> Um, and i do think that that um i like this
0: guy i think he's a true blue bloke (laughs)
1: he's he's really fantastically unusual he grows bonsai and when we used to have fights and i can tell you we have pretty good amount of fights mainly because of me i just like the drama um we would have fights and i would walk out and i would have to walk past his bonsai and there's like 33, or 40 of them. So I walked to maybe like, you know, 20, 20 years, 20 years. And it's like the plants would talk to me, like, please don't leave him, <laughs> please don't leave him. We need you to balance him. And I would get there and I'd be like, "Oh, anyone who can grow small trees is probably a good person. <laughs> because you know, they're a lifetime commitment. Once you have a bonsai, it's like for life. And when you die, you have to give them to the bonsai society so they can continue to live through other people. <laughs>
2: Oh, is that why the bonsai trees in the botanical gardens? Is oh, they all outlived their
1: owners. Chris is a bonsai, so he he said when he dies, I'm not allowed to keep them
2: because <laughs> he like, doesn't trust you. He
1: doesn't trust me. I'm like you trust me to look after your kids, but not your bonsai. It's like yes, <laughs> it's a different thing. It's <laughs> no, like got a priority, right? To with me Mine too
0: mind you got forest there the yeah, name exactly. like that
2: forest will probably do it fine yeah, yeah.
1: actually you might be right because our sons really like watering the bonsai and patting them because they're about the same size they kind of look you know to a toddler they look like a full-grown tree they yeah well maybe you're right maybe maybe that's what it is i had to give birth to the to the bonsai team
0: he might be into grafting as well you know like. Uh,
1: um, my my childhood passion was growing plants as well i grew so many plants that when my mom walked out the door she would fall over like the 25 seedlings well i just love growing things and i think that's one of the reasons i love numerology and palmistry is as soon as you start talking to people about their heart line being their heart chakra and their headline being their solar plexus chakra and their lifeline being their root chakra and how the lines will change You know, for example, after labour, my headline got longer by about half a centimetre because I had to be quite determined (laughs) to get the baby out. Um, You know, as soon as you do that, like their life changes instantly and they never go back. So I feel so honoured to be able to do this work. There's a part of me that secretly stands back and goes, this is ridiculous because for so long I was a sceptic. But I think that's good because it means I keep my standards really high and I always push myself to get better.
2: Right. So um, quite a lot of people have actually um, put in their birth dates and you'll be able to see the comments. And um, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the easiest way for them to do that?
1: Well, I've got my website up there, com, And just a warning that a lot of people who go on that site late at night don't sleep. So maybe read it in the daytime. And not when you're driving heavy machinery, just, just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, it's a bit of a rabbit hole. I'm hoping to do it up so it's a little more user-friendly. But for now, um, you can still find a lot of good stuff in there. You just, It's a bit like an op shop. <laughs> uh, on my Facebook page, The Numbers Queen, I have lots of interesting posts. I have just launched my Patreon page, so uh, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash Yip 1111 We've got our first, I think, 30 patrons so, these are people who will get direct access to me, which is very rare, I can tell you. I don't really do that often, but I'm feeling a calling to start working with a group of people to start creating content. Um, and that's from about five or $11 US a month. So, those are the best ways. I've also got Instagram, Seri of 1111. Um, and just the biggest thing I would say is if you watch this show, just be prepared to get kind of attacked by triple numbers. <laughs> and quadruple numbers, because I can't explain it, but it just happens. So take a screenshot, celebrate it, have fun with that. Just remember, you're not crazy. You're actually returning to a state of higher consciousness. You're starting to see the matrix. And when you see the matrix, you can change the matrix. So just be prepared for a lot of unusual things to happen in a good way. Um, And once you wake up, I hope that you will stay awake and join the rest of us. 11 is about people standing up for
2: each other 11 is about people standing up for each other i think that's a great finishing line that's what we, why we're doing it jeff and i don't make any money from this jeff set up the whole radio station because of a dream of being able to uplift the um collective with beautiful music and uh we we just do it because we care about you each of you well, I, I can suggest you could, I
1: could set up a Patreon or something and, you know, it's, it's you see the thing with money is it creates a relationship and it, it sort of asks people to really treat you with a lot of respect and for some people it can change their life. Like I know some of the people I've supported, even with just like $10, I, I feel like every time that donation goes out, I send them that little bit of love and I take their work more seriously, like I make sure I read their posts. So for some people, money talks, not for all of us, but for some people. And, you know, some people do have lots of money. And for them, it's not a big deal to support you. So, you know, just maybe sometimes letting people tip you and things like that, it, it can be quite beautiful. And it also then allows you to have a little bit of a rainy day fund, which is nice, and then you can buy yourself ice cream and other, um, you know, delicious things because I'm obsessed with food so that I had to get ice cream into the call somehow. <laughs>
2: I did bring dark chocolate.
1: But yeah, the even the being asked for money can transform someone's consciousness. Like, remember when I did fundraising, you know, in some of those calls, 99% of the calls ended in a no, 99%. But the conversation itself stimulates thought, and it can change someone's opinion of your organization, of your business, of you, and it can get them thinking about, where do they put their money and why do they do that? Like maybe they need to actually start supporting more locals because your money is a vote. And if we don't support small businesses, there will be none. You know, at some point we will go extinct, which is not ideal.
2: So maybe we've got, uh, thanks for that, Sarah. We've got one last comment that we'll read out to you and mm-hmm. and um, and uh, then we'll wrap it up. So Debbie Usher is... Commenting that she keeps on seeing 117, 717,
1: 117. Well, um, so there's multiple meanings to all numbers. And because I haven't done her chart, it won't be as accurate. So that's the first thing I would say. When I've done someone's chart, obviously I could say, oh, look, that's because of the personal year you're in, or that's because of your husband. And I would be accurate. So all I can say is sort of at the chakra level, seven is the crown chakra which is about um, learning through experience and becoming a spiritual teacher. 11 is about opening doorways and it's about being part of that tribe of people who are not afraid to speak up and be spiritual activists. I do have an article about 7-Eleven. It's a lot about using education to get people across the line um, sort of to make a leap of consciousness. So perhaps writing would be a good avenue for this person. Perhaps they already work in some sort of educational field. Um, it's a lot about taking a leap of faith. The, the different combinations of the numbers uh, can have a meaning, but obviously because of time, we can't go into all of that. The other thing I would point out is all those numbers add to nine. One plus one plus seven adds to nine, which we know is about holding the world in your hand and something that helps people at the global level. So it sounds like this person has information that the world needs to hear, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, obviously that's pretty general, but I hope that that
0: helps them. Yeah, she's a lovely lady. She's um, set up the plate uh, for um, a spiritual organisation at Narang. She's been, well, uh, you, know
1: um, I, you know I live at Narang, right? Really? Yeah. Well, maybe that's why you brought her up.
2: There you go. Well, well thank there you for...
1: go. I have, have a chat to her and we can suss it out because, yeah, yeah. one of the things about numbers and sometimes it can be quite private the information and it's not always meant to be public because sometimes the person's still working on things behind the scenes so
0: okay i've got something to say to you hey um australia's psyche has probably taken a hit with regards to donating to charities such as red cross uh salvation army and lifeline where they felt they were and the other lady the actress was it who um, got $55 million to put into the fire and got commandeered through court to say, no, nah, it's going to that particular fire organisation. So do you feel psychically Australia's taken a back seat, donating funds to charities now as a result of those um, recent events?
1: It's a good question. I have a very detailed article about Celeste Barber and I mentioned her on my appearance with The Morning Show um, on my birthday on the 27th of January. It's all on my website. Celeste Barber is a 31-4 life path. She's here to heal a broken heart. Um, and, you know, she does a lot of that through humour and people are really, they rewarded that with the fundraising. Um, the biggest thing I learned in fundraising is it's a limitless bucket. And actually, it's not so much the amount that you give, but it's that decision to give and to actually um, prioritise your money so that there is a legacy after you. So as actually, I should mention something. Um, That is one of the reasons I left fundraising. It was affecting my body. I was exhausted of always um, just the never ending need. And I needed some good news. And when I did palm readings, I got that immediate feedback. Yes, there's probably a fatigue, and that's probably why I brought up this idea of supporting small businesses because uh, charities can become quite commercial. The best thing you should do when you're going to support an organisation is look at the energy of the founder and the board and the people running it and where do they come from and what is their experience? Are they still on the ground? You know, Are they still cutting edge? Because it always starts from the top down. So it's good in terms of it. People are going to question where they're spending. And actually, in my 2020 forecast, which is on my site, this is the year of the rat in Chinese. It's about leaving the rat race. It's about smelling out the rats. And it's a lot about financial conservatism. When people start conserving their money, time and energy, their children will benefit, whether their children are physical children or brain children, such as their ideas, projects, creativity, businesses. So I actually think it's good that we're going to start pulling back um, because there's too much of this kind of Santa Claus energy that if we um, put all our energy towards this kind of external body, it will reward us. I just feel like we can cut out the middle man or middle woman right now. That's what 11.11 is about. Just go straight to the source. Give the money to the person who needs it. (laughs) And find someone, you know, locally who you can help and you can see where the money goes because it will heal your heart. What heals your heart is actually seeing the effect of your money change someone's life. That's what they call money change. So all I can hope is that people will start doing more direct giving.
0: I hear you. I mean, we grew up when our society had nothing. So we had to come together as a community. And I remember being in um, Cubs followed by scouts and so in order to get a scout then you know we would go and do bottle drives so that was door knocking your neighborhood um you'd be door knocking for paper for paper drives and there was also fertilizer drives and then there was bob for jobs so we were forever door knocking you know so i think we got a great experience of you know talking to people at the at the door whereas we had that facial presentation talking to someone so you read the actual the person and saying i'm i'm from the devis sea scouts or Endeavour cubs um have you got any bottles that you'd like to give away or you've got any newspapers and stuff like that and it got to the point that the community rallied and and they had that stuff and it was very easy for us to collect it take it back out to the to the trailer and that and dad would be driving the trailer or one of the other men and so we built a community and as a result of that we got our den and and Today, we don't actually see that because now it's, a, it's the council builds it, and there's no energy that's going into building that clubhouse. You know, it's, I, I find that's a missing link in our society: is that we hand over our, we hand everything over to a government organisation, you know, to to do it for us when there's no no coming together.
1: Um. Yes, I. I mean, my first job was in government, and I worked in funding. <laughs> I worked in funding of determining which NGOs would get priority and um, I've been around a lot of money in my life and, I've, like I said, I've seen some awesome stuff and I've seen some not good stuff and what it taught me is that getting educated around money, like I said, just the same as getting an education around sex, and meditation and spirituality is essential for freedom if you truly want to be a free person who teaches your child how to be a free person these are the things you need to skill up on the information is out there now uh, money is a relationship and even if you've divorced it you could still be on speaking terms and then you know maybe start again sometime. <laughs> Uh, so often we associate money with a person, and I know as a woman I've always waited for my white knight to come in, my my rich doctor husband, that's what I always got told as a child, just be a good girl and don't don't speak too loudly and, you know, uh, you'll marry a rich doctor and if that doesn't happen, just be a rich doctor, but we'd prefer if you married a rich doctor and maybe <laughs> also a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that didn't happen. So
0: you
1: know, there's an enormous it's pleasure. There's an enormous pleasure in earning your own money. And I found that the $10 I would get from a palm reading would far outweigh the paycheck I would get from my day job because I saw the difference that I had made in the world. So I think just go local, go small scale. And remember they say charity starts at home. The greatest charity you can give yourself is to look after your body so you're here a long time and to look after, like I said, your children and your businesses so they're here a long time. And everything else will come from that. Um, Recently I interviewed Yarraka Bales, who is the mother of Quaden Bales, the young Indigenous boy with dwarfism who was bullied. Um, As a result of crowdfunding, um, uh, they were meant to go to Disneyland. Over a million dollars was raised in Australian dollars and Yarraka turned it down. She actually turned down that money and she sent it to charity. Um, So there's a lot of people doing this kind of thing and they're basically saying for us, Uh, We want to keep things in-house and we want to know where the money goes. We don't want it to go to some amorphous, faceless organization because we know so often it's just ending up in someone's back pocket. I worked in politics and, in fact, at 18, I used to serve the Prime Minister chocolate. So all I can say is they're people. They're not perfect and they're people and we can't expect them to sort of, um, you know, keep sort of sainting them because They're people and they're worried about their jobs just like we are. So, yeah, that whole not giving away your power so much.
0: Very brilliant. We'll have to have you back again, mate.
1: Ah, sure. Um, Yes. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to me. I feel like I just went bleh. (laughs) It's pretty typical. My husband's like, oh, man, this pandemic's been so painful. (laughs) so many words that you're trying to use on me. It's like, oh. Well, thank you very much
2: for joining us and sharing your life experiences and your insights and wisdom and your humor,
1: which is very refreshing. And
0: we'll have you back doing stand up.
1: Oh, uh, well, before we go, if you've got like two minutes, Jeff, can you text me your date of birth? And Julia, text me your date of birth again. I'll just do those as a wrap up. It'd be a nice little thank you. Can you do that, or do you have to go? That's, no, no, no. Uh, Jeff. do you
2: want
1: to do that? Yeah. Did you just do yours first, Jeff, and I'll have a quick look. Okay. Oh, look at that. You're quick off the mark, aren't you?
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. Pretty with fingers.
1: <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You
0: yeah, got a lot of ones in there.
1: Yes, you sure do. Sorry, just doing your chart. Just give me a sec. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, take your time. So um, come Saturday morning for anyone who's um, out there that's 10 o'clock here in uh, Queensland, East Coast Australia. That'll be 12 o'clock um, noon in New, Z- New Zealand. And uh, 10 o'clock is um, 5 o'clock at night, Friday night, in the United States, West Coast. Our, poor f- our, our friends in the UK will be 2 o'clock in the morning, so it's a bit too early for them. But um, on Saturday morning, come on board because we've got a gentleman called Michael Shane, and he's a physical medium. And he actually ports stuff from interdimensional, brings it through. And I actually saw him for the first time in February here in Brisbane. We sitting in the front row. I couldn't believe what he, he brought through. It's just amazing stuff. So he, he's going to have a chinwag with us and have a chat. Yeah. So Yeah.
2: Michael's unusual. I think he. Yeah. He's he first started doing that as a child. I think the first thing he ported or. Manifest was a white sapphire, which his mother thought he'd stolen off
0: her what? girlfriend. What? Yeah, but <laughs> a white father, sapphire. God, his father's amazing. His, uh, his father manifested a bikey jacket, leather jacket, and then he got the uh the audience there to build up some energy. You know, they're doing all the singing and stuff. And lo and behold, a buddy Harley Davidson from the forties manifested. And the coat that manifested previously came off the stage and laid down on the on the Harley Davidson. It's it's something in in the family.
2: That's not a beam me up. There's a beam me in, Scotty.
0: Yeah, yeah, Michael Shane. M Y C H A E L. Yeah, Yeah. that's Saturday morning, ten o'clock. Yeah.
1: Did they Did they film
0: it? No, we're back in the fifties, mate.
1: Geez. Well I've I've had objects appear too. So I've, it's not a it's it's a stretch, but I, I definitely think it's possible. Yeah, you, took three,
0: about... you took three days to manifest, Chris.
1: Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I actually was longer than that. I had um I needed a little bit of a break and then actually it's a long story, but blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um yeah, yeah, things like that happen to me on a small scale. He sounds he sounds pretty, pretty expert. Let's talk about um your numbers for a sec. So, Jeff, let's have a look. So, based on the date of birth you gave me, the first thing I noticed is it's only one day apart from my father's. Are you
0: joking? Yeah, Yeah.
1: but the other thing I noticed is you have the same life path as my father. So although there are 13 major life paths, 1 to 9, 11, 22, 33, and 44, there are 46 to 47 specific life paths. For example, 28, 10, 1, 37, 10, 1. You are the same exact life path as my dad. It's pretty cool,
0: pretty cool. My
1: dad broadcasting and TV, and so you're a number five. So you heal people at this level and you connect Like the neck, you connect people and the five is in the middle of the chart and it's like a star. So there's that star quality Um, and they are pretty much good at everything, which is sometimes annoying for others, but fun for them. It's called the world. I call it the world traveler number. They love to meet different types of people. Often their passports are very full. If not, they do a lot of internal travel, astral travel, that kind of thing. So um, what else can I see? You're very, very determined and very, very passionate. I would not want to get in your way if you believed in something. (laughs) I would definitely step aside. Um, You're in an extremely powerful year right now. So based on your date of your birth day and birth month. So to find the personal year forecast, you add together the date of the last birthday. Just give me a second. Yep. So you are a number five life path and you're in a number five personal year until November. So this is a time for you to renew your spiritual contract and really go a level deeper into it. And the big turning point would be um, May. So May is your number one month, so beginning new things. Now, I believe you started this radio. You've just sort of started it or it's been going a while? Well, we've
2: started streaming live. Um, the radio's been going for a lot longer.
0: Longer than yeah. 20 years now.
2: Live, yeah. mm. Sure, sure. But
0: the merging of these two technologies is really,
2: mm.
0: was it October November? Or I
1: think so, November,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the
1: November. first thing is interesting because that's when you stepped into your five personal year. But mm. there would have been some sort of new beginnings around May. Maybe it was more in the personal life, for example. And there'll be a lot of shifting again by September. A five year is um, really good for getting the word out there. It's good for a lot of attracting attention. I'm in a five-year myself. So probably the only other thing I would say is, um, yeah, this 12 months from November last year to October this year is actually one of the biggest 12 months of your whole life in your whole chart. I can just see that from a few different areas. Um, and you just need to make sure that you look after yourself because, um, you know, when you go, you really go. You don't really stop. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Some of it makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, I
1: can give an example J.K. Rowling is a 32-5, and at 32, her first Harry Potter book came out. Um, so you might want to look back at 32 and what happened around that age as well and see what sort of breakthroughs you had. So that's just very, very tiny little reading.
0: 32 was when um, these two dudes manifested on the back deck.
1: What two
0: dudes? The bloody, these two dudes manifested on my back deck
1: people spirits
0: no yeah, that was in human form yeah so the first guy um, he turned up well they both turned up together so um the first guy had long blonde hair and um alabaster robe and a yellow sash and he had an <laughs> open book and um, the, the guy next to him had short black hair he had a check shirt remind me of um working at pizza hut you know those check shirts and then corduroy pants and um <laughs> i was there having a cup of ill gray and i said oh How'd <laughs> you do? Yeah, butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is what I said to him. And then, um, shortly, and, and next to the guy, the blonde hair guy, was a silver light, and the silver light just went just like you see in Star Wars, a Star Trek, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. And um, it filled out the next second, it was me, but here I am looking at me, I couldn't believe it. There you go.
1: Well, um, your throat chakra is actually, the word intuition has a five vibration, your inner teacher, and it sounds like you were given a glimpse of what you truly are. So, look, numerology is so provable. Um, I, ama- I can't understand why people don't believe in it because I'm a hardcore scientist and I've done the maths on my own life and it just works. But I think, um, I think the terrifying thing for people is you can never go back and you can never just um, pretend you don't know, and I think that's what really holds holds things down. But for example, the Queen is a 25-7 and at 25, um, her father died and she became queen, and seven is about being the queen of your kingdom because it's the crown chakra. Like I said, JK Rowling had her breakthrough at just about 32. Elizabeth Gilbert is a 41-5 at 41, her movie Eat Pray Love was made into the blockbuster with Julia Roberts. I mean I have hundreds of examples of where the life path turning point has been one of the biggest moments of the person's life. But sometimes it's more subtle. It's not always that big. But at 32, my father's um, turning point age, I had actually never figured out until I did a workshop, uh, probably last year, what happened. So what happened when my, hus- my, my husband, sorry, that's weird, um, but my father at 32, um, I was born. I was born when my father was 32. So I was his turning point, and that was very powerful for me because I I sometimes felt he didn't really care. He worked so much, but he actually has told me that he had a lot of jobs before me, and then after I turned up, he really had to settle down and concentrate. So, yeah, I just really encourage people, add up your date of birth, left to right, get to the double number, have a look at what happened around that age. Um, For a lot of people, it will be obvious for some of you, you might need to meditate on it. And that really is the tip of the iceberg of numbers and how it can heal us and show us that we are um, here by choice and, therefore, we are extremely powerful and we can talk directly to the universe. We can change reality. It gives us proof that we um, can do it.
0: Yeah, I get you. you. Fantastic. Julia,
1: well, yeah, what happened to you at your life path turning point at 34? Because I know you're at 34-7.
2: i had
0: um Speak up. Can't hear
2: you. i don't know <laughs> that's all right you can go I home and meditate no no no, no, just, no initially i'm going out it's birth of my second daughter but
1: i'm not even sure about that because
2: believe it or not even though i'm a ba- i'm an ex-banker i'm terrible at remembering numbers
1: it's okay you might have a block around that because a lot of women do because we've been told that's not for us and we're not allowed to know but it's important to get comfortable with numbers if you want to be abundant so that's okay we have conversations we can have anyway um 34
0: 7.
1: Sorry. i just saw julia's data but i was just going to triple check yeah no 34 7. anyway i've taken up a lot of your time thank no, you no Jeff, no everyone.
0: we're good no we're... No, so no right oh. yeah. well I, just in the moment yeah it's not often a, a man lets a woman talk oh <laughs> you're
1: you're, you're you're a good, you're a good man. you're a good man. Um, look all I can yeah, say listen. is I'll have a look at the comments and I'll see if I can type out some of the the life paths just for the people who've already commented and then they can always I can uh, send them to my blog and they can find troves of information there, which has been compiled with the help of thousands of people who've given me feedback. So you know connecting with me is like connecting with a whole planet. <laughs> uh, not sure which planet, but we're all nerds is what I can tell you. <laughs> You mentioned
0: Narang, (laughs) Narang. so do you do your uh, sessions like we're doing now online or uh, do they come knocking on your door?
1: Uh, Yeah, for a long time I had an office in Sunnybank in Brisbane because it was next to my favourite sushi shop (laughs) and it was cheap. No, it was more (laughs) than that. And it was an energetic hub with Feng Shui because McGregor, you know, they've done all the Feng Shui at that square, so it was, like, amazing um, yeah, for a long time I did that. When I was seven months pregnant with Forrest, I developed a, like an allergy to being touched. Like if someone touched me, I would know their entire life and like their past lives. And I was like, this is too much for me. So I went to online work. And at that time, I actually didn't believe you could do readings just by phone or online. Uh, but I found that actually often more accurate because yeah, there's not any, especially phone readings. There's no real cold reading, which some of us do sort of accidentally because you know you sort of read the cues. But also, it's just much faster. Um, Yeah, because the the energy isn't as dense. So I do a lot of online work these days. Um, I may do some stuff on the Gold Coast, I just need to find some good venues and good people. So if people want to contact me about that, that would be awesome. But I only moved here in September, and then obviously COVID struck. So I guess the good part of that is I could still go to the beach, but it means I haven't had time to kind of put out the feelers too much. Sign off, thank you so much for having me, and thank you to everyone who's listened to me. I'm extremely grateful to be here, and I feel like I've used up my word quota now. and My husband and I will be able to sleep properly. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man,
0: (laughs) like anybody who's made a comment, I've actually gone back and said, You know, welcome, how are you going? Acknowledgement there while being talking, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, perfect. Um,
0: okay, well, numbers do they
1: have any
2: other
0: questions or comments before we wind up no No, i think
2: that's it yeah thank you very much everyone for listening thank you very much sarah for joining us and sharing all that amazing wisdom and insights and experience and passion that you have and um yes to everyone who's watching thanks a lot and hopefully see you either on saturday for the michael shane show or next week when Mm -hmm. we have Angel Intuitive, uh, Caroline Milne, joining us.
1: Oh, I know, Caroline. Awesome. Yeah,
0: you're oh, Sarah, we'll have to have you back with your dad so the two of us can be.
1: Oh. <laughs> my dad is the biggest character. My dad is a real character. When I was a little girl, he used to hold up green peas on a spoon and say, look, green peas, like green peas. And it's what interesting because like, I'm working for Greenpeace. So there's a lot of things my dad said to me. Like he always said one plus one is a window. He would do it with toothpicks. And I'd be like, what is wrong with you? And one day I realised he was teaching me about numerology. One plus one is a window. Two souls together can understand the universe. So, yeah, my dad's pretty deep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> with that meaning to be. Very wonderful. But he talks
1: even more than me, so good luck. <laughs> 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 the whole uh-huh. family's Anyway, thank you so love your much.
0: Work. Yeah, love your work. Thank you. Really Thanks nice yeah. everyone. Bye. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Well, okay,
1: everyone. Bye. You Bye.
0: Good night. Ciao. Bye.
2: Bye.